What's up, Wisconsin? From the Inside Wisconsin Studios, Trevor Thomas, John Anderson. I like the D3 love. This is uh, a UW Platteville. It's a Every day is a great day to be a pioneer. What are you rocking there? Uh, look, I'm I'm in the Eau Claire blue gold. Uh, I don't know what a blue gold is, but God bless them. I think it's great. So, you know, I, you I, know I, I I'm a big fan of all the all the Wisconsin schools, whether it's Madison, Wisconsin Dash, you know, Eau Claire, Platteville, Stout, River Falls. Uh, I'm I'm in Parkside. T- tell me, you have a shirt from Milton College? I don't. I don't. I don't know so that, that I don't know that other than maybe customizing one of your own uh, that's available seeing as the the campus bookstore closed in 1984. <laughs> defunct defunct that's our guy today Dave Craig Milton College the now defunct Milton College but uh, his career was not defunct 19 seasons. No and listen he's a humble guy he's an excitable guy but and he'll probably downplay his career. He was really great. Like he's one of the guys that is uh he's a top 20 all-time in touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Uh he's got a a win-loss record that's enviable, right? I think he won 99 games as a starter, very close, and it's 20 25 30 games above 500. Uh he was a really really great quarterback uh yeah. for the Seahawks for a long time and then and then, you know, bounced around late in his career but started at these places. He wasn't just like a journeyman backup. He went and he right. played in Arizona and started there in Detroit and Chicago and some of these places. So um, it's amazing because obviously you can't read his name without saying Dave Craig from Milton College. Like it's just attached <laughs> to his name. Uh, always will be. But he is he was a great, a great, great football player. And he is a great, great Wisconsinite. Yeah, he is. he's sitting in the middle of the woods. Let's do this. Dave Craig. On Inside Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, Rolltech, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, Miller Lite, and Aaron's Company. All right, JA, this is the first time this has happened. That what is we got? NFL veteran Dave Craig, Wisconsin boy, 19 seasons. We're gonna let him talk in a second, but this this happened this morning. I'm getting ready for the day. It's 825. My phone rings, and it is a Phoenix number. Yep. We're talking to Dave Craig today. He lives in Phoenix. I answer, and me and Dave Craig are now hunting best friends. I'm going to go to his place on Monday. <laughs> yes. I, I like can't that. make it up. That's a true story. Good. good. <laughs> you guys can have it. Uh, and after you shoot something or catch something and you dress it out and you got it all packed, just send me a little. Let, let me just say let me just say something to hunting people because I know a lot of gals that don't like hunting because I live in Phoenix and I've lived in Seattle and they don't know nothing about it. But the tradition here in Wisconsin is people go out and hunt. But I don't think people just go out, yeah, they want to get some meat for their freezer. I get it. But they also it's generational. I mean, when you go to a game, there's no other stadium when you go to the game and they're wearing orange, right? And their team colors are green and yellow. So it's a tradition here. And I think the people they love the opportunity to be able to, they appreciate the deer and all that stuff. It's not just about killing animals, uh, but it's a generational family thing. And it's, it's part of Wisconsin. Uh, you're, you're correct. I've never seen a game in Seattle where all the 12s are, are decked out in their blade. I know, it's that crazy? <laughs> Doesn't I, mean, I played in a lot of stadiums and uh, I'll tell you what, the other thing too, I came to a game, I, I, I'm getting off track. I came to a game before COVID uh, the Seahawks played the, the Packers in Lambeau. And I was able to talk to uh, Russ Ball, who is now, uh, he does the contracts and all that, uh, yeah. the 
the, the money stuff. And I got a hold of somebody in Seattle and I got two of my friends, Lance Lyon and Max Muzanowski onto the sideline, but I got out of the car and I'm wearing my Seahawks stuff. And they go, are you lost? I didn't even take two steps. And they said, are you lost? I'm like, no, I'm looking for my friends. I used to play. I didn't even say I'm Dave Craig. I used to play. I knew I was in the wrong area, you know, and I found my friends, but I got them on the field. It was such a cool thing just to get your high school buddies on the field of a playoff game that they, you know, back watching Bart Starr, you know that, John, about mm-hmm. Willie Davis, Willie Wood, all that stuff. Anyway, carry on with the show. All right, very good. <laughs> I'm going to interject. Uh, I'm going to interject this small personal anecdote about Russ Ball. Uh, when I ran at the University of Missouri, he was in charge of the weight rooms. Yep. He Seriously. was a strength and conditioning coach at Mizzou when I was running there. So uh, him and Dave, listen, no, 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 let's go with that. So Dave Redding, when I was in Kansas City, Dave Redding and Russ Ball, I went there in my 12th year, and they got me into strength and I'm lifting weights with John Alton, Zott, and all these big lifters. And I, it gave me another seven years, thanks to Russ Ball and Dave Redding. I always tell them that. So, real quick, just tell the people where you are right now, because quite frankly, that's a that's a heck of a shot, Trev. Give them the wide yeah, shot. Let's just that's look. Beautiful. Tell us. So I took a good 25 minutes, kind of like looking for a stand location in the woods, and I put my camera position so you could see the Wisconsin River. Uh, my cousin, Mike Hack, um, got me a place that the Sand Valley golfers play on, and uh, I bought some land up here. And now I'm on the Wisconsin River, right next to Nakusa, around the Wisconsin Rapids area. And uh, it's just beautiful. It's Jeez. beautiful. Do I need 19 years in the NFL and that pension to afford that place? Or no, you, you have to have that? a cousin. You have to have a good cousin. Okay. You have to have a good cousin. works <laughs> for Central Wisconsin Homes Incorporated and Cranberry Creek Game Birds. So not only did I re- release 400 muskies the other day uh, in here, and I told the lady I've caught I've touched more muskies than I've ever caught, but I released them for the muskie club, Consolidated Muskie Club. But at, at his game farm, uh, we had 100 uh, 506 Hungarian partridge. We had to net them and put them in the crates, and then he sends them off to South, South Dakota. So that's the beneficiary of it. It's not because of NFL stuff, I don't think. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we got to ship them because they can't be trusted to fly in their own. I hear you. I hear you. That's a good one. Kenny Bain. Kenny Bain. That's what he would say, too. So I, speaking of Kenny and, and yep. Trevor's introduction, when was the last time you were introduced by Trevor that, didn't be, that wasn't followed by uh, Dave Craig from Tiny Milton College? Like right. that be like that was your last name throughout your entire NFL career. I, I didn't really think too much about it, but I'm kind of proud of it. You know, like we were talking earlier, I got to meet guys like John Elway and Dan Marino and University of Pittsburgh and Stanford and other quarterbacks like Sean Salisbury went to USC. And I keep thinking, well, if you guys can't beat me out, I went to tiny Milton College. You know, what does that make you all? But uh, it, it is. It's, it's cool, though, John. I'm telling you, I went to Milton College. I made it in the NFL. I mean. I, I wouldn't want it any other way, especially the way it turned out. I, I love it. So take us through that. How does a guy come out of an NAIA school and I, find his way? First off, I, I mean, before, let's forget trying to get the starting job away from Jim Jordan. How do you just find your way onto a roster? Right. So I, um, like I was telling Trevor earlier, where, where I bought this land is real close to where I was born. I'm 40 minutes from where I was born. I'm Auburndale is only maybe 15 miles from here. I went first, second, and third grade. And then Rothschild is only like 40 minutes away. Uh, I played high school at DC Everest. Um, and I uh, was honorable mention defensive back. We ran the power. eye. Uh, the Wisconsin Valley conference was a running conference, uh, all defense. So I get done with high school and it's about July 4th. And my dad says, I'm at the paper mill. Where else your paper mill thinking I'm going to work here like everybody else does. And he goes, are you thinking about college? So I went to Milton for four years um, I was a seven-string quarterback at Milton, and then by my freshman year, by the, like the fifth, sixth, seventh game, they started me, and I got to play four years, and then Rudy knew a guy in Seattle, one guy. It's like that Eminem song. I had one chance, one opportunity. I knew one guy 
And I flew to Seattle. I never flew on a plane before. And I'm uh, 20 years old, 21 years old, flew on a plane to mini camp, came back, went to training camp. And then I told my dad, I said, guess what? They gave me a name on the back of my jersey and I got the best seat in the house, I told them. <laughs> so I made it. I love that. I was you seven never string been in Seattle. I was seven string in Seattle too. That was pretty cool. How the hell? Wow. Seven strings? I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, they we, didn't, we they, don't even. Yeah, back then, train, uh, they had bigger rosters. We played a lot more preseason games and I got the, you know, the mop-up duty. You know, you, people, you commentators, we're talking about that, John. Oh, you see a guy come in in the fourth quarter. You don't imagine how scared he is. He's been sitting there for three quarters watching these guys, Bill Baumhauer and the Bo Campers beat the hell out of each other. And you're seeing guys bigger than you've ever seen in your life running faster than you've ever. And now you get to go in and try to prove yourself. I was scared out of my mind. Um, that fourth quarter when those guys go in there, that's like they're playing the Super Bowl and they can't make a mistake, you know. And I fortunately threw some passes and they went to the right guys. And then the second year, after flying in a plane for maybe 10 times, I'm playing my first start against the New York Sack Exchange with Mark Gastineau and Joe Klecko. So, I mean, and now here I am sitting in the backyard of a beautiful place, whispering pines on the Wisconsin River. <laughs> uh, that's a this pretty good life. Yeah, yeah, this is real life. Could you have made it today, not because of your ability, but under the under limited rosters because they only bring in like 90 or whatever and only three preseason games, if you were in the same situation today, are, is the opportunity there for Dave Craig to make a roster? No, it's, it's, a, it's a lot less. Now, Trey Lance is an outlier because he did come from a small college, but that's not even as small as I came, came from. But today with, you know, it's how – I, I've watched this, these specialist camps for quarterbacks and specialists this. And if you're not the top elite, um, then you almost feel less than because you're not like you feel like Kirk Cousins, John, like we were talking about. You don't feel as good as those other guys. But eventually, as you grow, you might have a chance to play. Um, but they but they just go on, on potential basically right now. And analytics, I guess. Yep. So you're on your way to Seattle. Tiny Milton College, the now defunct, right? That's what everybody always says. Another good one, yeah. Tiny and now defunct. I don't even know what defunct was. I still don't look at <laughs> So did you feel at home in Seattle? Because I've been to Seattle once, and it kind of feels like Wisconsin. There's a lot of what's behind you. Seattle, yes, it's very, very similar. I mean, I know they say liberal and all that because of downtown Seattle, but you go to the eastern mountains, east of the Cascades, and you got people that are farmers, granaries. I mean, when I practiced at Eastern Washington University, those fields were immaculate. Wheat fields were all around you. They didn't have many trees, but they all love the Seahawks and they love their football. So those people, they're like Wisconsin people. And Seattle loves their, especially when they're winning, uh, they're, they're great fans. And uh, it's very similar to Wisconsin. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's good people. Yeah. You won there a lot. Right, I mean, when Chuck Chuck Knox takes over, he's kind of the guy that that I think elevated you into that. But you guys were really good. You know, I got to tell you, Johnny, you're talking about you were at Missouri and you had these jobs. There's so much luck involved in being at the right place at the right time. And uh, when Chuck first came there, after uh, we let go of uh, Jack Patera, God rest his soul, he's a good dude. Um, then Chuck came in and he, he had a history of winning and hit your belt up and working hard, wishing won't. And uh, hard man comes hard down a hard road, this pencil Pittsburgh coal mining guy. He brought this attitude in there that we were going to win. And then Reggie McKenzie looked at the schedule and said, well, we're going to beat this team. This like we were just, you know, seven and nine the year before. And Chuck came in there. He started gym. Then halfway through the season, put me in. And then we went to the dang AFC championship, John. So now I've flown on a plane maybe 25 times. and I'm playing against 
Dan Marino an AFC champ. I mean, uh, in an AFC game, we lost to the, the Raiders in the AFC championship game. I mean, it was just amazing. Chuck, Chuck Knox was a great coach, great coach. That's a Hall of Fame guy right there, too. Three different teams he's taken to championship yeah. games, right? Three different teams. That's amazing. Jeez. And he was you know, he was sort of really his mo was right ground chuck. He liked to run it right. Yet yet he lets you throw it around pretty good. I don't know if it was because of you or Largen or what. No, 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 John. His mo a little. Yes, you remember we had Kurt Warner, and I'll tell you what. I played with Barry Sanders. I played with Marcus Allen. I played with other fast backs, but Kurt Warner from Penn State. When I handed off to him the very first time, I was a backup quarterback, but I got a chance. And it's like he took my arm. That from the eye formation to get that much speed and that much power, he wasn't even looking at me. His eyes were like this. So Kurt Warner was our running back in 83. He was AFC Rookie of the Year. Probably should have been the MVP of the, the – he carried our team. Our defense was good and getting better. And, uh, and then Kurt got hurt the second year. First game of the season, makes a cut. Blows out his knee. So now we start throwing around. Now I go to the Pro Bowl. So 85, they say we're supposed to go to the Super Bowl. And we go 8-8. Eight and eight. We we were 8-8, eight and eight, John. That was so depressing. That was so depressing. But Chuck was so, able to so, – he was able to adapt, you know. He was very able to adapt. So you spent a lot of years in Seattle, and you were telling me earlier that you really loved football from watching the Packers as a kid, right? Lombardi and just that era. Yeah. How did you feel – the first time you walked into Lambeau Field as yes, a professional I mean, football player. Trevor, I cannot tell you. I still get goosebumps uh, sitting there watching a black and white TV in Rothschilds, a little bit in Auburndale um, with the antennas and the uh, tinfoil, making sure the game would come in good. And then my dad would yell at the quarterback like everybody else does. It's all the quarterback's fault. But I would see the receivers and running backs and, and the blocking. And I loved watching Vince Lombardi. I've read all the books about him. And uh, how those players listened and loved that man. He worked them to death, and then he got them to believe in themselves and the confidence. And that little town in Green Bay, and he was a New York guy, uh, seven blocks of granite. He was one of them. He made sure everybody knew that. And he came in here and got Willie Wood, Willie Davis, Herb Adderley, one of the best athletes to ever play football, played at Green Bay. I think he was at Michigan State. He was an offensive guy, and then he was a defensive player, one of the best athletes I've ever seen play. And I fell in love with football, and I still love the Packers and all that still. It's amazing what that does to you, man. So you've got a job to do, but when you walk down oh, the tunnel, sorry, you walk even, onto that field, did you take a minute and at least absorb some of that? Um, probably driving into it, but I, I got to tell you, when you're, when you're uh, playing in a game, and yes, a lot of my high school and college buddies were there, and I got to see them, and we actually – we won. I think we played at County Stadium the first time. was the first time I played the Packers. Uh, and going into Lambeau the second time was uh, was like walking into like you got invited to the Academy Awards or something that's really big. That's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But you got to focus in on what you're doing. And that quickly happens once you get hit out there. Uh, you don't think about your buddies up there, that they're in the highest seats because you're the visiting team. And they tell you that afterwards. But you focus on the game. But I, I valued uh, playing there. I played there with Detroit. I played there with Chicago. Got whooped twice uh, when I was with Chicago by the Packers. I know that rivalry well. So I asked John this when he – What's that? I said, you grew up with the Packers. How hard was it to put on a Bears jersey? Yeah, I had some of my buddies. John Ogiba came down, and I said, hey, you want to come down? Then we'll go deer hunting. I lived in Libertyville, which is in the northern corner of the northern end of uh, Illinois, and I also got a Wisconsin tag. So on Tuesdays, I would go hunt a little bit and then go and maybe Saturday mornings. And, we, and he shot a doe down there, actually. Um, 
So, so, but, but my buddies, they, they kind of, I don't know who they cheered for up in the stands. I think they cheered for me. That was, that was different. That was different. Yeah. I would imagine being a Wisconsin boy and being a yeah, Packer yeah. fan and then landing in Chicago. I, I, I yeah. always wanted to be a Packer. I, uh, Brett, uh, uh, Jim McMahon screwed that up. He knew uh, Mike Holmgren from Brigham Young and he was with the Browns at the time. And I guess before the game, he went up to Mike Holmgren and said, you got to get me out of there and get me over here. And I don't, you don't have many connections when you're from Milton. There's not a lot of coaches in the NFL <laughs> that you can go talk to and do that. And I would have uh, come there and played uh, backup quarterback. I would have carried two clipboards, and I would have played for just $1,000 a game. Honest to God, even in my 15th year, I would have loved to have done that. Yeah. Wow. So you were telling me earlier that you landed uh, at Milton because you didn't get any other looks coming out of D.C. Everest. And you went to UW-Platteville and worked out with the Bears when you were a kid? And no, 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 no. What happened was uh, uh, after after high school, uh, Whitewater did have me come down on a Sunday. Who, who's there on a Sunday? Bruce Bukowski was a former lineman from Everest. So I went to Whitewater for one visit on a Sunday, went there and came back, went to Milton. Um, but then when I became an NFL pro uh, with the uh, Chiefs, we practiced in UW River Falls. Now I'm going, I'm sitting to myself. They had me on the fire truck, uh, Carl Peterson, Marty Schottenheimer. You're from Wisconsin. You sit on the fire truck, which I think was just a bunch of BS. But I'm sitting on the fire truck, and I'm waving to people like, what the hell? I'm just here to play football. But I got to practice on their game field that they never recruited me for in college. And then I went down to Platteville and uh, and uh, and practiced on their home field, too. And I'm like, these guys didn't recruit me. And it's so weird. I'm playing NFL football, practicing on your home field. I thought, how? Karma's uh, different, isn't it? <laughs> but I'll tell you this. If I'd have gone to a school, even a big one like that, I was still young uh, maturity-wise and physically. <clears throat> I wasn't ready yet for that. So I think Milton ideally was the right place for me, believe it or not. Milton. Milton, I love I still talk to Rudy. I still talk to uh, uh, Dale Race. I still talk to Kevin Gells, Tim Casey. Um uh, Huey, De Kevin DeKester lives in Taos, New Mexico. All my milk guys, we get together, you know, play some golf in the summer. We're getting a little bit older, but we love being that we all went to Milton College. It's so, and my high school buddies are just up the road. So it's, uh, I'm back home and I love it. Who do we play if I'm in Milton? What am I playing? Am I playing like Beloit or Coe or Cardinals? You're playing, you're playing Lakeland. You're playing Ripon. You're playing Maranatha. You're playing Univers University of Chicago. Those are some smart people, not good football players, but very smart. We played Eureka, which is uh, northeastern Illinois, where Ronald Reagan went to college. Um, and then we played UW-Stevens Point twice. We lost both times, but it was the fourth quarter. This wore us down. They had way – we only had 50 guys on our team, and they had like 125 on the sideline. People ask me all the time what my favorite episode is, J.A. We're 15 minutes into this. This is my favorite episode. We've only just begun. This guy's in the middle of the woods. This is phenomenal. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. Dave Craig, 19 seasons. You can take the boy out of Wisconsin, but clearly you cannot take the Wisconsin out of the boy. We're back in a bit. Inside Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, Roll Tech, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, Miller Lite, and Aaron's Company. Hey, remember to subscribe on YouTube, leave a review, smash the like button, just get with us. John, we know that there's other NFL stadiums in the league that are clearly jealous of Lambeau Field. Have you been to other stadiums in the NFL where they just have nothing like what we experience here at Lambeau Field? <laughs> um, yeah, most of the time it's sort of more on the outside than the inside, you know, but I've been to, I've been to quite a few of them. 
that were there. Uh, right now, I don't I don't even recognize what um, Soldier Field is. Right, yeah. Jerry World's great, Swing. bells and whistles and all those other things. But uh, by the way, the last time I was in Dallas, uh, the kids we were going to my uh, sister in laws, and we were driving by Irving, where the uh, the Cowboys old stadium, Texas Stadium, yeah. used to be. Yeah, yeah, and you can still see where the the land was in the old parking lots. And I pointed out to my kids. I said, "You see, that's where Texas Stadium used to be." I said, "And if you can see, uh, they left the hole in the roof. The rest of it's gone, but they left the hole in the roof." So, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean, listen, people are people are jealous of. I don't know. Jealous is quite. They are envious. Is probably a better a better word uh, of what. Listen, it's a unique place. It's a unique fan base. It's a unique team. It's a unique game day experience. It reminds me that some light beers are envious of our friends at Miller Lite because Miller Lite actually right. tastes like beer, as if beers could be jealous of each other. Uh, I clearly know I, I've been to Buffalo. That was a good. Uh, it was it was a good stadium. I've been to Detroit. I think those are the only two. Oh, Seattle actually was at Seattle, and I, 12, I, yeah. I I bumped into Kenny Main on the field. I'll tell you that story later. Back to our friends at Miller Lite. Reminder that Miller Lite actually tastes like beer. It's the light beer that all the other light beers wish they were. To get Miller Lite that actually tastes like beer delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Wisconsin, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate yep. responsibly. I got a good dry cleaner the other day. <laughs> you took it with you to the dry cleaner. They didn't sell it to you there. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're back inside Wisconsin between segments with our guy Dave Craig. Time for another top five list presented by the University of Wisconsin Platteville's Agriculture Program. It's Wisconsin's best. UW Platteville offers an affordable, top rated program that prepares graduates to be leaders in the fields of agriculture and agribusiness, contributing to our state economy and making our communities even stronger. Find out more at uwplat.edu. All righty, J.A., time for First this off, week's top that shirt list. that you have from the Pioneers right there doesn't seem to be farming shirts, right? It doesn't, doesn't have a tractor. doesn't scream agriculture no. to me. No, well, retro. Retro. I think it's it retro. Disco ball. <laughs> All right, so now I'm going to get quizzed. What could go wrong? I don't know Here if it's are. a quiz. We're just going to throw them out there because I've known what I, I kind of learned that when we try to quiz you on stuff, that some things happen before your time and then you just give up. So, but I thought <laughs> in honor of Dave Craig uh, as a great NFL player and a Wisconsinite yeah. in the NFL, um, we're not like California and Texas. We're not like Florida. We're going to crank them all out. Uh, I want you to give me the guys who have played the five guys, top five games played. In the NFL by dudes from Wisconsin. So, from Wisconsin. Start, from Wisconsin. The guys who Not played, just played here. They're, they're born here. They're from here. They're from Wisconsin. They didn't necessarily play at Wisconsin or a Wisconsin school. They're just from okay. Wisconsin. So, like, I'll just say, like, number six is Jim Otto, the great center from the Oakland Raiders. Remember, he wore double zero. You don't, but that's okay. So, he was six at 210. So, we got to go more than 210. That's a lot of games. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Dave Craig. Number five, you got it. Perfect. 213. Yes. Let's go. After this, uh, you're, you're going to be a mess. Mark Tauscher. No. Not close. Really? Uh, Joe Thomas? No. Mm. No. Played a lot of years, but no. All so right, I'll so... give you a hint. The, uh, uh, two and four are brothers. You might be surprised to know that that hint doesn't do me any good. Uh, okay. 
Give so me number at, four. At four, Give me number four. Dan, four is Dan Turk. Milwaukee. Yep. Big, uh, uh, he, 218 games, and his brother was a great punter. Matt Turk punted forever. There you go. Okay. He's second on the list at 244. All right. That I got. Good. So uh, five, Craig. Four, Dan Turk. Three is a kicker, mostly with the Cardinals. Madison. Hmm. Straight ahead, dude. Back in the day. He kicked straight ahead. You'll never get that. Jim Bakken, 234. Jim Bakken. Jim Bakken. And number one, number one, you should you should know if we give you enough clues with 245 games. Let's try. Keep going. Four Super Bowl wins Hmm. with the Steelers. Hall of Famer. Did I say he's from Tomahawk? should really know this. I Steelers know. center from the Steelers Golden Age. Just tell the, me. The great Mike Webster. Got it. You should look him up when you go. My, Mike, Mike, Mike Webster. Uh, Those are the five guys that, that have played the most games in the NFL. Do you know the Tomahawks uh, mascot? I don't. I think they're the Hatchets. I just know that uh, John Bear was from Tomahawk, uh, who was a great, great high jumper. Um, Won Big Ten titles at the University of Wisconsin. And when I called down and asked the guy at Wisconsin, hey, could I run, right? He said, no, we got got a guy. We already, and it was John Bear from Tomahawk, Wisconsin. Mike Webster. Mike Webster. Listen, a lot of people are watching. Uh, Well, all I'll tell you is Dave Craig knows who Mike Webster is. And I'll drop my voice there. We are back inside Wisconsin, Trevor, John Anderson, and that is Dave Craig, Wisconsinite, of course, 19 seasons in the NFL. All right, Dave, so uh, this is episode number 40 of Inside Wisconsin, and I have sat through uh, about a dozen track and field conversations that I really, really, really struggle to have a conversation about. The tide is about to turn. Let's talk some bow hunting, shall we? Some hunting. Some uh, things that maybe John has never been in a deer stand. So I did get the call from you this morning. I, I do really uh, think that I'm coming out there on Monday to, to walk a, a new property, which we're not going to tell. That's like yeah, hunting 101. You don't tell you're, people you're, where your spot is. You're uh, welcome. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. So talk to us about hunting, man. Like, clearly you have a passion for it. You're welcome. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm like the Kenny Main of hunting. Like, I for 19 years, I didn't <laughs> hunt, right? So now you got to take your you have to take your uh, bow release, John. That's what you pull back, and that's what you pull the string back with. These guys aren't deer hunters like the old men were back in the old days and have a recurve. They pull back with this release. So you got to make sure you take your release. You got to take this doe can with you. You got to take this buck grunt with you. You might have to take your rattling horns. You got to make sure you take your harness. So you know me, John. I mean, I can remember a few things. And then by the time you get out to the woods, you go, oh, shoot, I got to bring my bow and my arrows, right? <laughs> oh, John, you get up in your stand. I'm sure this has happened to a lot of people. You get up in your stand, you're all set first time or second time. And then you go, you're sitting there for a while and you go, Oh, I better pull my bow up. I mean, there's so many things, Johnny, that happen are so funny. Hunting is just sitting out there. You enjoy it. But all the things of setting up a ladder stand and pushing it up there and yelling at your brother, who's still the same age as you, and you're calling each other all kinds of names like you were six years old. <laughs> you dumbass, Dave. You can't do anything, can you? You know, because I don't know how to do all that stuff. And it's just hilarious. And then you put it up there. But then when you see a deer, John, you're like, your heart starts going. It's almost like the first time you've been on ESPN or something. Holy crap, there's a deer. And it's a doe, right? 
And then sometimes you get a white one. We have albinos up here. And then, John, when you see a deer with horns, oh, my God, you, oh, you, you drop your bow. It's just the most coolest thing. So go ahead, Trevor. You can ask me some more questions. Uh, oh, yeah. There's, there's a lot of good bow hunting up here. I mean, there's a lot of good bow hunting. I need to defend myself a little. First off, you're right. I've never been in a tree stand, but I've climbed a damn tree, so that's the same thing. Uh, no, I have not, while I have not uh, uh, actually um, uh, hunted, I, I lived in Wisconsin, right? So all my friends disappeared in the woods around Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, I know when, listen, when you said you were in the woods, what did I ask you? you it, 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 I told Kenny. It, it either had to be a bow season or some, you know, uh, black powder muzzle. Uh, yeah, yeah, muzzle loader. That's right. Yeah, right, I don't so do that. I know, my, I know my way around a little bit. Okay, yeah. I, I know some of it. Actually, my father was a wonderful hunter, and when he passed away, I was very young. I have both of his rifles. Nice. And yeah. I wrote the serial numbers, and I wrote to Remington, and I wrote to Winchester, and they said to me, um, "I would not shoot those because if something happens to them, we don't have a part." We don't. So they've sat, uh, they are reassembled. But for years, I had them in grease and flannel and yes. packed away. You take so, care of your stuff that you don't use better not than a I, stuff I use. So, <laughs> unlike Trevor, who has no idea which end of a shot put to throw. So I, I will defend myself. What is that? Yeah, that looks, what is that? That looks like, like the, you oh, that's, shot nice. that's a European from, mount. That's a European yeah. mount. That's so nice. I actually did this. I did this myself. That's I, oh, really? I, that thing yeah, looks little. I, that looks like the thing in uh, the Grinch yeah. who stole Christmas when he just put the antlers on the dog and sent him down the hill. A that's buddy a nice of mine gave hunter. this deer to me. I didn't is shoot that, this, but I did do that, the European mount on it. I wanted to try it. So uh, I picked it up uh, after he had it all tagged and everything, and I actually made my own European mount, and it's been on the set ever since. Hey, let me ask you this, Trevor. This will screw up Johnny really good. What do you think that score is, like 125 maybe, 120, yeah, 130? Maybe, maybe 120. Yeah, you know, that I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that much about deer hunting, but I sure love it. Um, the older I get, though, I'm getting scared of heights. When you're up in a stand, John, 17 feet, I wish I could stand up and you're up there. And yes, you're you're hooked in behind you with this harness, but it doesn't have tension that you can feel. So sometimes I put something on my waist. But when you get older, you're like, oh, it's not that your balance is bad. It's just that you know how much it's going to hurt when you fall. So you get really scared <laughs> up there, 17 feet. So they have been closed blinds, John. I would love if you ever came back to Wisconsin, you could sit in one of them redneck or muddy blinds that are enclosed. We could play cribbage and see a deer and then shoot it and go back to playing. And knobs is yours, John. That's what we do. <laughs> I can play cribbage too. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. right there. I did and, that and you're a deer hunter. You're a so deer hunter. Somebody won a baseball game years ago when I first got here, and it was 15-2, and I said it was a cribbage score, and no one knew what I was saying. When I said they won by a cribbage score, it was 15-2. My trail camera literally just went off. My trail camera just sent me a picture. Oh, oh yeah. Goes. Let me look at one, too. How about you, worry about, the, how about you worry about the show, Trevor? And well, you can go shoot something show. later. We're talking oh, hunting. All right, Johnny, you go. Back to whatever. Well, I don't, Do you ever take Steve Large in hunting? Steve doesn't seem like a tree stand guy to me. So I got a funny story for this. So Trevor, you remember a thing called earn a buck? Uh, yeah, you have to shoot a doe first. This would have been back in 2002, 2003. I'm hunting Buffalo County, John. So Buffalo County is like Lambeau Field of deer hunting. There's only like 20 counties in the whole United States like it. They have these big, huge bucks. So I'm sitting up there, earn a buck. It's my second day there. I wanted to shoot a doe the first day. And, uh, and I didn't in the second day. And then at night, I heard this commotion. I looked to my right. And there's the biggest deer I ever shot. It was 175 is what it scored, Trevor. Um, I know because the guy at Cabela's shot it. I talked to him about it. But anyway, uh, it was bow hunting and this deer comes by and I'm like, 
Oh, geez. And then it stopped at 8, 12 yards, 15. I let it go. It was scored 175. I let it go. And uh, I called Steve Largen the next day. Steve's a big born-again Christian. He's a congressman, uh, three terms. Uh, he ran for governor of Oklahoma, and he has deer hunting land in Tulsa. But I called him after this. He was still a congressman. I said, Steve, are you familiar with earn a buck? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, I had the biggest buck, and I walked by. And then and he goes, Dave, I would have shot that deer in a heartbeat. I said, wait, you're Steve Largen, this big this big morning in Christian goes, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. He said, <laughs> oh, I should have shot the deer. And then I probably could have shot a doe the same day or the next morning. And I might've been okay, but I just don't want to break any rules. And I'm glad I'm saying that on this show. <laughs> so we're very much inside Wisconsin, but I, I am interested in a couple of guys you played with. One of them is Steve, because I think people forget like when he, when he retired, he led the NFL all time and catches yards and touchdowns. And now he's like 30th in catches and went, uh, tell me how good Steve Largent was. So to put it in context for people right now, so you look at Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup looks small to people, but he's 6'2", and he's probably 2'10". Steve Largent was at the best 5'10", on a good day, and probably weighed 190, 185. He would run down the field with all this zigzag, make it look like he was going inside, and then fake, and then go, then go inside. So if they cover, double covered him from the inside and out, he said, I'm just going to go against one guy. They can't really double, double cover him if he's running a route off of one guy. So he made it simple. He was so competitive, so studious. He'd go out and practice routes. And he had this uh, incredible desire to be as good as he could be. Um, you know, there's something up with his personal family upbringing and stuff. And he is such a good dude and such a great receiver. And uh, he, he gets overlooked now with all these guys catching 100 passes every year. But he did it consistently, and uh, I'm so glad I was able to throw to him. So, Trev, uh, Steve Largent uh, went to the University of Tulsa. I worked in Tulsa many years and gotten no seats. Jerry Rome. Jerry Rome. Jerry Rome. Jerry Rome. Great quarterback. Great quarterback. He was my quarterback coach. He was my quarterback coach in Seattle, thank goodness. Um, Steve went to, to Dallas from Tulsa. Mm -hmm. And then Jerry Rome was almost – he was the runner-up for the Heisman under John Heward yeah. back in 67. He told me this a million times. And Jerry was up there, and Jerry is the guy that says, I think this kid has a shot. Jerry Rome did. So he gave me a chance, and then Steve was there. But Steve and Jim were best friends, John. I mean, it's <laughs> like – Holy cripes, here I stick going there. And I probably smell like I had a couple old styles and not holy water. And it was a whole different thing when I was playing quarterback than them. But but Jerry Rome loved me and thought there was something good about me. And uh, and I, I so I got to play for Jim's coach in college and beat out his best friend. It was a weird dynamic, man. Wow. And the other the other guy I really always was intrigued with because I thought he was a, just an unbelievable player was Kenny Easley. Oh. I, I, you can stop right there. I, I've written this down. I was going to write a book years ago uh, with Brad Zueck and Brian Leaf. Brian Leaf lived in Rockford. He just passed away. Rick Millett from uh, Green Bay Southwest was my lineman. I talked to him every day in the hospital at Green, in Milwaukee. Uh, he was right outside of uh, Pulaski High School. He says, that's what I'm looking at is Pulaski High School. And I talked to him. And then he passed away in the hospital. But uh, but Kenny Easley, uh, let me say this. He just had his little finger cut off. He's been taking dialysis probably for the last 25 years, three times a week. He's living in Norfolk, Virginia. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame now. But when I went to Seattle, I wrote this down, the best athlete I have ever played with. And I really realized when he was the best athlete is we would go after, um, we'd have like they call OTAs or whatever. We would have these practices. And we'd go up to the Kirkland 
gym and play basketball. And oh my God, Kenny Easley used to play for John Wooden at UCLA. And then I'd play against Eugene Robinson. There's Jacob Green out there. So we had John Elway come in there. I mean, we had some of the best basketball games and that's when you can really bond with your team. Sherman Smith, Dave Brown. We used to play all the time, but Kenny Easley, he returned punts for us. He could have been a receiver and played safety. He's by far the best athlete overall that I've ever played with. And uh, he's just amazing. I'm so glad you brought that name up, John. And Derek yeah, Thomas yeah. is another one. <laughs> and, and you're really lucky that he hit the other quarterback and not you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Kenny was uh, vicious, vicious. Like, he, he he never said it, but he want, he didn't want to be compared to Ronnie a lot. He wanted people to compare uh, them to him. Wow. So as you're out and about and, and playing with all these different guys, 19 seasons, you clearly spew Wisconsin. So who are some of the Wisconsin guys that you ran into in your NFL career? Not, not very many. I, 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 not, I, I can't really think of a lot. I mean, I, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, speaking of Heisman Trophy winners, I mean, I played with uh, Steve McNair uh, at Tennessee. I played with Eddie George, two guys on the same team. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm playing in Detroit, and I just thought of this the other day. We were talking about Heisman Trophy winners. You know, I see uh, Robert Griffin on TV, and I, Gino Toretta's at my house. I got a picture of him having Thanksgiving dinner because he was a young kid. He didn't have nowhere to go. And Sue and I invited him over, and uh, – I'm like, yeah, I had Heisman Trophy winners back me up as a quarterback. I always thought that was funny. <laughs> as well. But the Wisconsin guys like J.J. Watson, Phoenix. But, you know, I probably could go up and see. I'd like to meet him. Uh, the guy from Point, that's the hockey player, Joe Pavelski. I'd like to meet him. Uh, my kids were hockey players. I don't know how to skate, and my kids love hockey. And now I, I'm around all these hockey players. They're the greatest kids. Wrestlers and hockey players are the greatest kids. If, if you ever got a resume and the kid said he wrestled or played hockey, you got to hire him. Well, it's because hockey players have to get up, and, and they have this crazy ice time at 4 in the morning or 10 at night, so they never feel like they're special. Right? They Wait never a minute. And like neither, neither do their parents, John, because at that age, they're not driving themselves to that mm -hmm. uh, rink at five or six in the morning. So you're sitting yeah. there watching yeah. them and skating around the chair. And I'm like, what the hell are they pushing a the chair for? And then then they got good. I mean, hey, listen, this, this shirt I'm wearing, I was down in Pensacola. My daughter uh, lives down in uh, Mobile. And uh, so I said, come on over to Pensacola. Mikey's playing in the playoffs for this the Stanley Cup of their league, of the Pensacola League or whatever it was called. And and Kenny put this on TV, John. Um, it, it was the best out of three. They beat the team on the road, so they're up one. So whoever wins the second game, you know, it could go one-to-one. -one. And in the second game, it was tied, and the puck went over to the left. And the, you're thinking, oh, my God, it's not even a second. He backhanded it to the center. The guy flipped it in with 0.1 second. And I sent it to Kenny. He put it on ESPN. And yeah. we went there. And my son's a firefighter now. But they were, you know, hockey players get after they win the Stanley Cup. I mean, they, they were raising the cup in the air like a Stanley Cup. Uh, my daughter was drinking out of it. She was only like 12 or 14. Um, I don't know what they had in it. And, uh, and uh, the next day, my son shaves. He, like, he had a beard. He had the hockey beards, right? And he shaved half it off. And he went downstairs. What do you guys think of this? And they said, you're going to wear that all day. So my son had a half a beard <laughs> in Pensacola, Florida. Oh, my God. That was the coolest. I've never been at an event where that was better than any football. I'm just like, oh, I can't believe that just happened. That's amazing. <laughs> Tell people, because uh, he is a great fan of Wisconsin, though he's not a Wisconsinite. He's, he's Washington through and through. Kenny loves the Packers. He loves Brett. He loves Aaron. He loves the casino across from the, uh, the <laughs> from the airport more than anything when he loves the agreement. Uh, give me your favorite Kenny Main story. Because, I mean, 
he's just he's he's a hoot and he's a dear friend. I love him to death. But I, I just curious as to uh, just something that maybe strikes you about him. Yeah, well, Kenny is a he's a different cat. He has a different quirky way of looking at things. But he's very witty and he's very smart. Uh, I, I, it's hard to tell Kenny main stories because actually, when a Kenny main story occurs, it just happens, right? And then, wow, did that just happen? Uh, we we've done so many. Oh, I'll tell you a funny Kenny main story, and it was, has something to do with me. His uh, nephew, I can't remember his name. His nephew is blind, right, John? Yes. Yeah, it's his nephew, and I can't remember his name. I should go look it up on my phone, but I won't. So Kenny says, can you come down to south part of Seattle, and they're playing a softball game for blind people? I'm like, yeah, I'll go out there and help. And I thought, let me try this. And you close your eyes, and a ball's beeping, and I'm like, I can't even hit the ball, and these kids are hitting it. I'm out in the field with Kenny's nephew, and one of the guys is batting because you got to stand next to the blind kids so a little bit so they can hear where the ball is, and you point them in the right direction. And I'm out there, and the first guy took a – Took a, took a pitch, John. He didn't swing. And I get, I said, good eye. Like, that's what you're supposed to say. That's what you're supposed to say. And then the second time, second time it happened, I said, good eye again. And then the kid said to me, Dave, we can't see. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> so it wasn't about Kenny. It was about me. It was just oh, funny. Wow. It was just funny. So I said, good eye. And I'm out in the outfield yelling at, like, all the people can hear me. That's the NFL. It's the quarterback of the Seahawks. That's the winner right there. Listen, the I, right there. That. I can't wait. Yeah, uh, Kenny. Kenny's a good dude. He's he's uh, he's just he's always busy. He's always busy. Busy, generous, funny guy, generous man. Yes, Kenny may will see this on Twitter. One hundred percent chance. So. He, so. he always sends me stuff on Twitter. I don't even have Twitter, so I'm like, why are you sending <laughs> you me this? I don't, <laughs> I don't right, care. We will John. wrap it up in a second. Wow, this has been awesome. That's Dave Craig. We are back in a minute. Inside Wisconsin. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the University of Wisconsin-Platteville, Rolltech, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, Miller Lite, and Aaron's Company. Hey, remember to subscribe on YouTube. Leave a review. Smash the like button. Just get with us. John, who used your tickets for the Bears game? Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I had nobody in my family that wanted them, nobody that took them. So I just put them up and, and, uh, they were sold off the ticket exchange. Oh, okay. Well, that's the reason I didn't get to go to the game is because I you didn't, didn't get a phone you call. to go to the game. You said you want to go to the Cowboy game and I don't have those tickets. Okay. Here, me and you right now, I want to go to every game. So if there's ever okay. a game that you have tickets for, don't put them on your little ticket exchange thing. Give me a little jingle. We got each other's cell phone numbers. Right, we do right. this. I didn't know. I just I thought um, you had expressed interest in other things, but okay. I did. Cowboys game for sure I want to go to. All right, regardless of that, I actually went and tailgated, though. I did not go to the game, but you cannot miss a Packers tailgate. We actually went down there for two hours, did our best to get prepared at Festival Foods, the official tailgating and grocery headquarters of the Green Bay Packers. What's interesting is that half the parking lot is under construction. I feel like they're hmm. building – under park underground parking for the players so they took all the people that tailgate there and shoved them in the grass on the south end zone side of the stadium still really fun still lots of festival brats and burgers and uh lots of miller light responsibly uh and then we went half the parking lot half the parking lot but all the fun half the parking lot still all the fun good that's what a Packers tailgate is with Festival Foods, the official grocery and tailgating headquarters of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I feel like we have some more chances. Yeah, there's a few more home games. There's a few more games. And I'm just going to say this on the off chance, like uh, we, we enjoy Festival Foods. Um, but I'm just going to say this. If, if you don't find what you're looking for, chances are you and Dave Craig are going to go shoot it here in the in the coming week. Yes, we are. 
<laughs> Can't wait. We're back. Final segment with Dave Craig, John Anderson, Trevor Thomas, a few for me, and then it's lightning round time. All right. Uh, when's the last time you were at Lambeau, Dave? You come back for a Packer game this year? Well, the last time I was there was two years ago at that playoff game. Um, I could have went to the Packers-Bears game, but I don't like sitting in the crowds and all that stuff. I'd rather just watch it on TV. Yeah, there's a lot of those people right now. Uh, <laughs> lastly, what's your handicap? Um, wow, should I say that out loud? I bet you I'm about a six to an eight. Oh, by the way, I just played golf with Andy, uh, Chris Matheson, who almost made it in the NFL. He had a tryout with the Saints and the Giants at uh, Jeff Zalpriester and Dave Richa. At the end of the round, Chris Matheson asked Richa, like, I think I beat Zal. And then Richa said to him, nope, you had 107. Zal had 106. <laughs> we, played at, we played at Glacier Woods in Iola. It was, we played forever because it took, you know, that's 213 shots. And then Richa had a 97 himself. There was like 300 and some shots. And it was just so much fun. We talked about stuff, laughed. They both went to school together at St. Therese. I said, you guys went, were you guys altar boys? Yeah. So I call them the altar boys as they're golfing. <laughs> so, I'm gonna, I'm There's gonna no way they should have been altar boys. They're the biggest pains in the ass. So you're close to, you said, some great courses there, right? And Trevor, we've been back, and I've been watching, and we played Green Bay Country Club and some of these places, and I just was back. Uh, I took my son to college. I stopped at Southern Hills where they had the PGA. But if I could go play one round, like I'd still go back and play like the nine holes at Village Greens from when I was eight. And I don't know if you're like that at all, but I would I love to go back and play courses I grew up on. So last night, listen to this. Well, well last night I, I was on, on um, Bullseye. It's in Rapids. And I said to my brother, he's up, he lives up in Minneapolis, Danny, why don't you bring your friends? I've got bedrooms in this place. Bring them down here. Bullseye, Wisconsin Rapids, Ridges, Lakes is right across from Sand Valley. But last year I rented a place from Jeremy Saransky up in uh, Plum Lake on Eagle River. And I get there and uh, this gal comes up to me. She goes, do you like to golf? And I go, yeah, a little bit. She goes, well, right across uh, Plum Lake is... Uh, the Plum Lake Golf Course. And, John, it's the oldest nine-hole golf course in the state of Wisconsin. And there's a guy up there. His name is Sean. I can't remember his last name. He takes care of it all the time. It's on an old stump field. It's a, it's one of the best nine-hole golf courses. And then at 6 or 7 o'clock at night when you're playing, mm -hmm. you can see deer walk out of the woods or turkeys. Um, I just had to mention Plum Lake. Those are the cute little courses. I love them. Love them. Trev, what do you got? You done? I, was I got one more. Okay, go ahead, Trev. Iola Car Show. Uh, Chet Krause was a friend of mine. They actually put a billboard up on the outside of town, and it said, birthplace of Dave Craig. It's no longer there, but Chet Krause, Chet Krause ran Krause Publications, and he run, ran the Iola Car Show. He just passed away a little bit ago, but uh, I've never been to it, but I was born in Iola, proud to say. Yeah, that's good. These things happen. You'll never know who might be, you know, when they take it down. Or in Henrietta, Oklahoma, where Troy Aikman <laughs> grew up, uh, there's a guy, I think his name is Jim Shoulders, a famous rodeo cowboy. And Jim Shoulders is still on all the signs, and Troy's on some of them. It's, uh, it just depends on where you are and who you got. Do you know Jeff Blond? You ever heard of Mike Churchley, John? Uh, I, okay, so I don't know Mike, but I, when I was a kid, he was another one. He was great. He was a Clintonville trucker. Three-time All-State, three time, three different sports, All-State. Got, uh, got drafted by the Rangers, I think, originally. Right. He's, still, he's still in the Royals organization. He was their bench coach when they won the World Series. He was their third base um, coach, and he shows his ring off when he comes up here. He's yeah. got a great, great story about his family, too, but good for Mike Churchley from Clintonville, Wisconsin. He played uh, He played on a state championship basketball team with a really good player by the guy, guy named Joe Mall, who went on and played at UWGB uh, on their two teams that were national runners-up under under Dave Buss. So I don't know Mike. Back. I just know Mike of him 
uh, from reading about him in the Green Bay Press Gazette when I was a kid because he was in the And the Watt name has certainly helped Wisconsin a lot too, and yeah. so has Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> All right, here we go. Is, we're just going to fire these off quick. First one, this is to settle a dispute between Trevor and I. So you've got a place in Wisconsin, you've got a place in Arizona. Which is worse, really hot or really cold? Really cold. Thank you. Trevor, shut up and just keep going. Uh, Jim Zorn played for the Packers. He wore number 10 his entire career, except when he was in Green Bay. What number was he? 13, Chester Markles. He was 18. 18, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Uh, have you ever skied on Rib Mountain? No, I was so scared. I can't ski and I can't skate. I played basketball in the winter. I shoveled my driveway and got those creases in your fingers from shooting. I never played skating and I couldn't trust myself unless my feet were on the ground. All right. Uh, 1976 expansion draft. Which which safety did the uh, did the Seahawks take from the Green Bay Packers? Audrey Beeman or John Harris? They took uh, they took Al Matthews, number twenty nine. Oh, I didn't play with. I know who Al Matthews is, but he was he he retired before I got there. Uh, give me the second most That's famous. A really stupid question, by the way. Anyway, second. That was more for me than you. Uh, give me the second most famous person that ever went to Milton College. Dave Crayfelt played in the NFL for one year, as far as that's concerned. But okay. there's a the people made the ultrasound equipment in Milton. Those that guy is really famous. Okay. I don't know what his name. I looked, didn't recognize any of the names. I'm thinking it's, it's you Burdick, and then the Burdick Corporation. The Burdick Corporation made ultrasound machines, and they they were made out of uh, Milton, Wisconsin. Burdick Corporation. Look up ultrasound. If your wives were pregnant, they've used a Burdick Incorporated yeah. ultrasound. Right, Ru ruining baby reveal parties for so long, or I actually made baby <laughs> reveal parties possible. Good. Uh, the Bucks' first training camp in 1968 was held where? At Milton, and Lou Cinder was his name, was walking around campus at the time. That is fantastic, yes. Lucius Allen, hey, wait a minute. Lucius Allen was my favorite basketball player. I wore 42 in high school because of Lucius Allen. From He's from UCLA, so was uh, Lou Cinder. Emerson Boozer, Bobby Dandridge, I got to meet him. He's friends oh, with Kenny Easley. Um, Oscar Robinson, I never met him, but I was number 42 yeah. too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And John McLaughlin, number 14. I remember all that. Yeah. Johnny Mac. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and then Eddie Doucette, Eddie Doucette in the toaster, you know, saying all those things. Bingo, love, bingo. The sky look, I love it. Uh, tell me, so you let the 175 point deer walk by. What is the biggest deer you've ever taken down? So the biggest deer I got in my on my wall is 142 and seven eighths. Uh, I have a mule deer that would be bigger, but as far as a whitetail, and I've shot a whitetail in Iowa, Kansas, and then two in Wisconsin and one in Montana. And then the last thing I have is is, is you said that you've released more muskies than you caught. Why the struggles catching a muskie? What's your what's your deal? Mus muskies are they're 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 hard to uh, catch. They're just they're finicky. They eat when they want to eat, but they eat a lot. They're just the hard fish to catch. Ask any musky fisherman. Uh, I I just did. Uh, I consider yeah. you my authority. There you have it. <laughs> I'm not an authority. Dave Craig, that's awesome, man. I, I'm 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 glad you had fun. I'm glad you had time. I'm sorry that you now will have Trevor hanging out in your trees. Uh, for the I'm glad I'm getting to know Trevor. He's going to help me to figure out what I need to do next. I really don't know what I'm doing here, but I'm going to get it done. <laughs> yes, let's go. All right, you guys. Thank you very much, you guys. Appreciate it.
I'd like to point out that I just held my own with a guy that played the majority of his career when I was unable to remember things. That was really fun. <laughs> Listen, you got a new bestie. There's a bromance. I'm not going to get in the way of that. You guys, uh-huh. just seriously, wash your clothes in the scent of dough and go out, and I hope you all have the time <laughs> of your life. Just strap in. I don't want to have you falling okay. down from 17 feet. I agree with that. So he he challenged you. Would you sit in a deer stand? If we got you back here and it was a, a posh deer stand on Dave Craig's land, would you wouldn't? Okay, so first off, like I don't want I don't need a posh deer stand, right? Like I think that's against the like why would you do that, right? Like I'm not trying uh-huh. to have uh you know that like oh well have you seen my new duck blind? Look, it's got cable. I don't want that, <laughs> right? I don't need that. No, I just I don't I don't have an interest. And it's the same thing. And I didn't want to I didn't want to ruin you guys' beautiful moment together. But I wanted to ask him, like when he played football, kickoff is one o'clock and the other team was there and they were ready to play. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. He goes stands, sits in that deer stand. Um, what time are you gonna go out? We're gonna go out at I don't know, six in the morning, we're gonna go at six in the evening, whatever. There's no guarantee the other team's gonna show up. No, that's true. You just be sitting there. I got other stuff to do. I just got another trail cam picture. And I, I, I will like say this you... again, though. Again, I want to be clear. I have no moral objection to it. My brother's hunted. My father was a great outdoorsman and, and fisher. I think it's great. Go thin the herd. Do it for sport. I love it. Uh, it's just, it is just not me. And you like venison, so that's fine. We're on the same page. All right. It is time for another Deeper Roots with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. John, I traveled to Plymouth, Wisconsin. I met Tyler Lidke at Crystal Lake Golf Course. Tyler's 23, and he just bought this golf course. I don't think I could have gotten a loan for 500 bucks when I was 23, <laughs> let alone $1.6 million. Well, uh, all I'm saying is that if he needs a partner, A, I'm there, you know, <laughs> and B, wh- why are we just going to do a, a short bit on this? We need to get the guy on full on. That would be, yeah, we'll, we'll invite him back on. So he and I played a few holes. You'll see it didn't go well. You and I have golfed together. <laughs> it bloopers galore. Here we go. Deeper right. roots inside Wisconsin. Tyler Lidke from Crystal Lake Golf Course. Drop your voice. It's another Deeper Roots episode with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. And here we are, episode number four. Farmers, brewers, hunters, packers, badgers, cheeseheads, neighbors. No matter what name we go by, we are bound together by our roots. These are the people, the stories, and the statriotism from inside Wisconsin. Welcome to Deeper Roots with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We are here, episode four, Inside Wisconsin's Deeper Roots with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. My guy, Tyler Lidke at Crystal Lake Golf Course here in Plymouth. Tyler, you're 23, man. Like, I... And I, I've watched some interviews that you've done, and everybody's like, how's a 23-year-old buy a golf course? I couldn't get a bank to give me a loan to buy a golf ball at 23. What's the story? Yeah, you know, at 18, you know, coming into college or whatnot, I, I went into college undecided. Undecided business. Chatted with some local business owners around here and kind of said, hey, what are your thoughts? You know, here's kind of what I like. I, I, I enjoy the inner workings of the business, what do you think? The advice was go get a finance degree. If you can understand the numbers, you'll be able to be successful anywhere. You know, so even with that, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Interviewed with some companies, some were cool, some really were not cool at all. 
ended up graduating and a bunch of pieces fell into place and now I own a golf course. It just plays into working hard, surrounding yourself with good people. I was raised with A, good ethics and B, some awesome role models. So all that you throw together and it's a great, a great recipe for success. And you, you saved, you apparently learned how to save money too. A little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, no, there wasn't a lot of, you know, hundreds stacked under the mattress, <laughs> but you know, when you have a great opportunity like this and everything works, you've got a bank that's really awesome and, and willing to work with you. When you sit down and crunch the numbers, it all, it all works out well. Yeah, but you're still 23. Yeah, like, what's so, wrong with that? Um, <laughs> nothing's wrong with it. You're doing great. It's just the aspirations to, I mean, you're a two-time business owner now, uh -huh. right? This yep. is uh, a bit of a go-getter here. I try, most days. What is it about golf? You know, for me, this property, when we walk around or when you look at it, it's, it's gorgeous. It's wooded, there's a river here, we've got ponds, we've got a lot of nature. Um, and being from the area, I golfed here as a kid. It just, it, it was really awesome. So having the opportunity to explore it or see if it would work, I couldn't pass that up. You're a Wisconsin boy, your family's Wisconsin, born and raised. It's pretty cool, man. You're, you're, you're really digging some deep roots. Yeah, family from the area. Uh, my grandparents live just down the street. I live just down the road. I grew up here. I'm still super involved in the Plymouth community. So everybody's just been super excited. The number of people that have found me or approached me outside of being here like hey we're super proud of you we're super excited about this it's been overwhelmingly awesome crystal lake golf course upgrade from sir lancer lot what's the story there previous owner dale lancer great guy still here i believe it was a connection a family connection his last name is lancer but talking to the community members we're right here at crystal lake lots of neighbors lots of people that grew up golfing here they're like hey uh what do you think about changing the name back yes love it so that's what we did I'm expecting to see a knight tucked away in a set of woods someplace. Is there like a, a, a guy in armor with a javelin yeah. Or, or? Yeah, he starts at eight. We, yeah. have, him, we have him run around. <laughs> I think about golf and how I'm not good at it. Oh, I'm not either. So connect those dots, right? Like you talked about how the golf industry is like this destination type. You know, mm -hmm. you're not the whistling straights or even you know, some of the bigger courses where you would have to get all dialed up and walk yep. in this. What is it about this that you were like, all right, I'm not a, a PGA certified professional, but I enjoy the business side. I love the way this looks in the morning. Do people ask you about that and go, but Tyler, you're, you suck at golf. <laughs> they do. In fact, it's, it's probably one of the most common questions. Do you golf? And the answer is not well. You don't want to watch me golf, but um, it has provided an awesome opportunity to practice, but more so, like you said, it was going back to the business idea and, and having an awesome, deep-rooted community. I can't tell you the number of people that have come up, introduced themselves and said, I learned how to golf here with my grandparents or my parents. I'm 70 years old and I'm still golfing here in leagues. It's just, it's, it's incredible. John Anderson, ESPN Sports Center. he and I have golfed together. We went to Green Bay Country Club together up in the northeast part of the state. and. Uh, John Buchigross was with us okay. from SportsCenter as well, big yeah. hockey guy. They tried to fix my swing on like hole number 12 and just gave up. It was just over. So just understand that as we go out on the golf course now and swing some clubs and hit some balls, uh -huh. I'm six foot eight. There is a lot of room for error in my golf swing. So the story this? is, after uh, closing on the property, we found quite a few 
nostalgic retro clubs stashed away in different spots. Wow. Um, and we've, we've had this idea that maybe next year we should try some type of a three club challenge. You reach in, you grab the three clubs you pick, that's what you play with. So okay. figured, let's give it a shot. All right, let's give it a shot. So we're not looking? Not looking. You, you, you know which clubs are in here, right? Well, All you right. can kind of feel around, but. Well, I'm going to need one of these. Yeah, yeah. I, I want that green one. Here's this green one. All right, this is, <laughs> we'll use this. There you go. This is well, going to be awesome. All right, let's Love go it. do this. <laughs> Don't hit the tree. No. Get in. Oh. oh. That hey. would have been cool. For a pitching wedge, that's not too bad. Stay on the green. Stay. You gotta ring it. That was awesome, man. Thank you, sir. Played a little golf. Got to talk about what got you here, so. Now, where, where do you want to go next? I mean, this is, you're in this for the long haul. You've had mm -hmm. it for five months, but I don't think, uh, this isn't a turn and burn thing for no. you. What's, what's no. next? Um, you know, I've got some wants and wishes. There's things that I'd like to change around the course. Uh, kind of put my touch on it, but we want to, we want to keep and preserve that, that community feel. Like yeah. I was telling you earlier, we, we've had people that have been a part of this course for 50, 60 years. How do we retain that? But we also want to start to appeal to sort of that younger generation. And, and I think sometimes that gets misconstrued as we don't want to see the older generation here. And that, that's not true at all. Um, but we think the golf game is, is a game that you can play at any age. Um, and it maybe has a negative connotation towards sort of that older generation. And sure. how do we open that up and make it approachable and feasible to the average us that yeah. are not good golfers. Clearly it, we are average. Yes. That is a good way to put it. Yep, exactly. So, you know, being able to play into that and let people of any skill set come out and have fun, give them a great experience. That's what we're aiming to do. I certainly think that you're going to provide a good time. It's a beautiful course. We got to see some of the equipment that you're still using from <laughs> yep. 1936. It looks like it's from the 50s, it, right? It really yeah, could... yep. From the 50s, the course has been open since since the late 30s. So it's, it's historic. Yeah. Well, you got a good thing going, man. I'm really grateful that you invited us out to tell your story. It's all about establishing deeper roots, mm -hmm. whether it's in the future or the past, but it's getting after those deeper root stories with Blaine's Farm and Fleet and Inside Wisconsin. This was a perfect opportunity for us to uh, tell your story and then make fools out of ourselves on camera. Better, better. Yeah, look at Real that good. shot, that was awesome. Great shot. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been really awesome. Um, you know, I've got family, from the area? Yeah, they, see, they're, they're here having fun. Those are the tree was in play. I can't call you a kid because that makes me sound <laughs> old, but. Go ring the bell, man. Don't That's so far away, I'm gonna oh. get winded. Nice. Nice shot. Thanks. Oh, I hate that that's gonna make the show. Well, it was fun nonetheless. Here, just, let's just, we're done. Hope you enjoyed episode number four, F-O-U-R, not F-O-R-E, like when you hit a bad golf shot. Maybe not you, definitely me. It's Inside Wisconsin's Deeper Roots with Blaine's Farm and Fleet. As always, please like us here on YouTube. Smash subscribe if you haven't already. And if you're listening on the podcast side, what's up? Leave us a five-star review, would you? If you'd like to learn more about 
Tyler's Story and Crystal Lake Golf Course. It's facebook.com slash Crystal Lake Golf Course. And if you, of course, have a deeper root story that you'd like us to share, head to the website, fill out the form, farmandfleet.com slash deeper roots. All right, off to golf lessons. See ya. Talk to you later. Bye. Inside Wisconsin is brought to you by Baycare Clinic, Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the University of Wisconsin Platteville, Rolltech, Festival Foods, Capital Credit Union, North Star Mohican Casino Resort, American Family Insurance, Miller Lite, and Aaron's Company. Sit down.